On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Now for Monday's Experts on a Monday naturally on here on Sky Sports Radio. Big thanks to Mick Guerin. And if you're listening via the Sky Sports Radio network across the New South Wales and the ACT, welcome back. Or you might be listening to this via podcast. Very, very widely listened to on the podcast is Monday's Experts. And for 2024, we're going to try and bring you some more stories behind the name. What about the start to the year for Kirk Goldman winning the, the wave there, the tab wave at the Goldie after uh, moving up there and, and deciding to train a few horses. And I tell you what, I'm excited to hear what's in store for him and a little bit about his life and career. He joins me now on the phone. G'day, Kurt. Yeah, good morning, Dave. How are you going? Very good, mate. Uh, good to see you back in the winner's stall in a big race on the weekend. We'll get to that in a moment, but let's go right back. Right, right back to where it all began. Uh, you grew up in Wollongong. I was doing some reading on you last night. You grew up in the in the gong. You're a proud gong uh, lad. And it. I read an article where the first memory of racing was that when you used to go to the trots with your old man. Yeah. Yeah, we used to... Um... You know, you used to have the market uh, at the old car park at Menangle. Um, I remember we'd always sort of go up there on a Sunday and get, get a bit of fairy foss and whatever and walk over the, the, the hill, the grandstand hill, and, and Dad would always tell us to pick out a number. And, um, yeah, that was probably one of the earliest memories I remember of watching races. So how does a young bloke who used to go to the Trotsley's old man, no doubt went to school in the Wollongong area, how does he end up getting into the racing industry? Yeah, it was a bit of a um, oh, bit of a whirlwind sort of path, I guess. Um, I, I didn't sort of get into horses till I was probably about ten years old. Um, my auntie's actually bred a lot of uh, dressage and, and show jumping uh, warm bloods, uh, and they lived up in uh, Dural in, in Sydney. And uh, so, sort of weekend school holidays, uh, I'd often go up and, and spend with them and, and ride horses for them, and that sort of got the bug. Um, and then I just, I guess I never really had any idea what I wanted to do or be. And um, I stopped going to school and started spending more time with my horse, riding horses. And I pretty much tried every discipline you can think of, uh, competed a lot, um, whether it was rodeo, show jumping, dressage. Um, yeah, I couldn't sort of really make up my mind as to what I wanted to do. And uh, it wasn't until a little bit later and I, I actually uh, started my Farrier's apprenticeship and I did that right through until uh, EI hit in 2007. Um, and they actually shut the tape down, as I don't know if you can remember, but obviously sort of racing was halted in New South Wales. Um, Ken LaGrange at the time was having in-house meetings um, and I was doing a bit of work there, like under the my master, the farrier I was with um, at the time. And, and then I actually ended up, um, whilst the EI was on, I, I moved to Melbourne and, I actually got a, a gig um, uh, doing some refractory bricklaying, which was which was a wow. bit left field. But um, my dad was a builder, and um, I had actually done some bricklaying when I left school as well. Um, a trade in in that, and I was sort of I, I got offered a good opportunity to to do that, and I earned a lot of good money, uh, and I was able to save up and buy myself a, a brand new car and a, a brand new horse boat. Um, so after I sort of did that for 12 months, I, I then went back shoeing some horses at Warwick Farm and 
um, and eventually, yeah, ended up getting a horse and, and started training. So obviously you, you fell in love with the animal. What did you love about the horses? Oh, look, I think they're just such a, yeah, they're, they're just such an amazing animal. Um, yeah, they're very smart. Um, and I think growing up, growing up as a young kid with horses and, and a bit of a farm that, you know, there was cattle and everything like that, you just sort of you get to read their personalities and their, their nature. And, um, you know, and I think what, what I obviously fell in love with the animal first, but, um, you know, I think with, with the whole racing side of it, I, I think I sort of found my niece then because I, I just love the, the competitive nature of it. Um, and obviously being able to, you know, sort of go through and, and you know, idolise each, each horse and um, work out what's going to work best for each horse uh, and, and try and, you know, narrow it down to, to obviously then be able to get the best out of them. And, um, yeah, they're all different. Um, they've all got different sort of natures and things that you've got to sort of work around, and that's, that's part of the challenge, and that's what I really enjoy doing. We're chatting with Kirk Goldman on Monday's Expert. So how does a bloke who... Had the one horse, or had a a, a few, uh, 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 not very many horses. The car, the trailer, end up training for for Alan. I speak of Alan Cardi, the the late Alan Cardi, because that's a, a bit of a whirlwind itself. That opportunity too. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was quite unexpected at the time. I had a, a small team of horses in training at Kembla Grange, and um, I was approached by Mr. Cardi, and he he wanted to meet up. And I must say, I was, I was very fortunate at the time. Dave, um, some horses that I obtained early days that, you know, I guess were, were rejects by other people. Um, they were bought through tried sales or um, some ex-Cadolphin horses and things like that. I'd, I just managed to have quite a bit of success and for, for a very small team. Um, I think I only had five or six horses in work at Kembla. I was, I was able to win uh, quite a few sort of metropolitan races and then uh, a good, really good little mare I had arms length, my first horse, um, she actually ended up coming up to the Magic Millions and running in the Phillies and Mares race twice, and she finished second and third in in those respective years. And um, yeah, I guess it just sort of I had quite a good profile for a young trainer that only had a very small team, and um, and yeah, Alan Alan obviously saw that, and um, and then I guess the rest is history, you'd say. What was it like training at that Goulburn establishment? Because I know you spent a lot of time with Guy Walter when you first moved to Goulburn. Yeah, I was, I was quite fortunate to have a guy there. I knew Guy from when I was shoeing horses at Warwick Farm as well. Um, so I sort of had a, a, a little bit of a relationship with him already and he had actually trained horses for Mr. Cardi. And, um, yeah, I mean, as, as any owner can be, I guess they can they, they can all be a little bit difficult at times. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that the Guy was just very good at was um, it was a bit overwhelming, obviously, stepping into a, a, a private training gig uh, I went from having five horses to having, you know, 15 or 20 horses. Um, and an owner that had been in the game a long time and, and was very experienced. And not that he was, you know, he still let me have free reign, but he obviously wanted the expected results. And, it, you know, it's obviously a very, very expensive sort of hobby to have. Um, you know, I had to make sure that I, I was getting the right results. But Guy was just very good at just sort of keeping me very level-headed um, and, you know, basically sticking to my own guns, backing myself and doing what I've done previously. And that's, you know, that's obviously what got Alan's attention in the first place. So Guy was just, yeah, like I said, just very good at just helping me stay level-headed and just keep doing what I, what I you know, thought I was doing, which was the right way of, of training.
You had some great horses in those colours, uh, Hellbent, obviously, um, which obviously went on and uh, was just an incredible athlete. Um, you, you've obviously had Eckstein, you've had your hands on, Faust, just to name a few. I mean, um, I think I read last night 135 um, winners. Your first one was back in 2011 and 135 since, obviously, predominantly a lot of them in those Cardi colours. I mean... When Alan passed away, it was a real, um, I guess, fork in the road moment for you, wasn't it? It definitely was, Dave. And, um, you know, like, sort of, once he passed away, it was, it was obviously very unfortunate. But at the same time, I, I had a job to do. Um, unfortunately, none of his family uh, were interested in the horses. They had no idea in terms of the management of horses or, or how the farm operated. And, um, you know, it was... Uh, I had to stay there um, and work with the executors and, and keep the place going until they were able to sell the farm, sell the horses. So um, it was it was quite a oh, I don't really know what the word is, but it was it was just quite a, a sort of very slow period. You know, twelve months. I guess you were just waiting. You knew it was going to end. You just didn't know when it was going to. It all was determined around the probate. Um, and so it was just a, it was a, it was a very slow twelve months. It was very hard to get out of bed every day and not really know what was going to sort of happen. Um, some horses ended up spelling in the you know a bit longer than what they should have because we weren't sure um, what exactly was happening. So um, yeah, that, that twelve months was pretty tough um, just mentally. And and I sort of got to the end of it when they had they finally had the dispersal sale of his horses. And, um, you know, I was, you, like you said, I was at the crossroads as to where I was going to go and um, a part of me really wanted to sort of pack up the business and um, buy Winnie Baker and go for a, a lap around Australia for 12 months. Yep. Um, but I was approached by a few clients that had, had bought horses out of the sale um, who had asked me and wanted me to continue training and um, it was, you know, I... I, I kind of felt obliged i kind of felt like i had to keep going i i told these owners that you know these were horses that they could potentially purchase and um you know i thought they were capable of still going on and winning races and, um and then so when i was approached to keep training them, i felt bad if i said no so um they were all very understanding uh i wanted to i i made it clear to them that um i, I needed a change i needed you know just to, to re, sort of refresh the charge the batteries again and um, I kind of felt that albeit the, the Gold Coast we knew was going to be under a construction zone with the you know the new tracks being built and new stables and everything um, I waited up and I still felt it was going to be better than staying in Goulburn for another winter um, and so I made that choice to come up here quite a few of those horses that were sold that I that I got back into my stable were Magic Millions um, uh, eligible horses uh, so I wanted to come here and I wanted to specifically target this, this sort of carnival this year. And, I mean, obviously Saturday's result was just, a you know, a huge tick off that list. Um, you know, a, a, yeah, a, a long-term plan that, that seems to have finally paid off. How close were you to giving it away? Uh, very. Yeah. And <laughs> very, what would you have yeah, done? I, what would I, you have done? Uh, look, I was just going, literally I was just going to go for a, a lap around uh, just, give myself 12 months break um, yep. and just go for a lap around Australia. And, like a sabbatical, um, so to speak. Yeah, look, I, I was approached at the time um, when obviously everything was a little bit unknown. Um, I, I was approached by a lot of trainers, you know, well-established trainers uh, about potential partnerships, about 
going and running barns or looking after certain things for them. And, um, you know, I, I just never, I guess I'm, in a way I'm probably a, a bit of a non-committal sort of person, um, personality, but, um, you know, I really wanted to just sort of get everything over and done with at the farm, um, uh, you know, and, and sort of wipe my hands clean there before I sort of made a decision. Um, and like I said, at the same time, I was, I was going looking at caravan. I was going to four-wheel drive camping shows, looking at vans and caravans and um, all different bits and pieces. But I think for me, it was the once that sale had happened, uh, the, the online sale, the dispersal sale, and, um, you know, I had very well-respected, you know, breeders, owners, whatever, that had, that had gone and purchased these horses. And I guess by them ringing me and asking me to continue training, it just gave me that little bit of hope that, you know, people obviously um, respected what I had done um, as a trainer in the past and, and were happy for me to continue training. And, um, yeah, like I said, I obviously just wanted to repay that favour to, to those loyal people. We're chatting with Kirk Goldman this morning on Monday's Experts. Mate, what about uh, the training at the Gold Coast? Obviously a lot different to the complex you had there at Goulburn. Yeah, it is. Um, look, Goulburn was obviously a, a, a fantastic farm. Um, Mr. Carty, he'd spent a lot of time with Colin Hayes and back in the old days and, um, you know, he sort of established that farm sort of based on, on what he believed was, you know, a good way to train horses, uh, a lot of interval training, a lot of uphill gallops and things like that. And, um, you know, I was still a very strong believer in um, that you probably wanted to be able to utilise both. I, I think routine for horses is, is very important. I think training on a track um, is very important, especially for those younger horses. Um, so I, I, I sort of, you know, we, we'd spend a lot of time bringing horses to, to Queensland or to the Gold Coast in particular through like winter carnivals. Um, and, and I think that was the making of a lot of those horses that we'd often have here through winter and then they'd go back to the farm. So, um, uh, you know, this sort of just made sense. Basically. I mean, everything, you know, whether it's lifestyle, weather, um, all those sort of bits and pieces, it, it just made a lot of sense for me to, to move to the Gold Coast and, and like try and establish myself here. And how big is your stable at the moment, mate? Uh, look, I've only I was only able to get seven boxes, so obviously there's a lot of lot of moving parts at the moment mm. at the Gold Coast. Um, you know, the, the the club have been doing a great job, obviously, of you know building this you know world class facility. What you know what's going to be, and you know might still be another six months down the track. But um, you know that's what I that's what really sort of drove me to coming here. And you know I did contemplate maybe going back to Kembla Grange and things like that, but I, I just felt that. With a small with a small stable in New South Wales, it's, it's very difficult. Um, just with the strength of, of racing, you know, in that metropolitan provincial area, um, you know, you can you see those big city trainers going to those, those tracks all the time. So, you know, it's getting very tough to to you know sort of win races down there. And I, I like I said, the the, the fact that they were they had already built the facility, or they were starting to build the facility here, um, is what really attracted me. Uh, to doing that because they said so you know finding stables in New South Wales is very difficult um, and, you know and finding places to you know sort of have your horses and um, be able to do that was was just proving to be a little bit difficult as well so um, the sunshine the sunshine up here in the lifestyle was very attractive. I remember standing with you mate uh, last May at Wagga before the Wagga Guineas you said this thing's going around at $31. It'll run a good race, a speak of arts object. Uh, mate, she's always, you've always had an opinion of her, haven't you? 
Yeah, well, look, she's always shown me, um, you know, glimpses of, of of being a good horse. And, you know, you mentioned some of those good horses that I've that I've trained in the past. So, you know, I know what to look for. And, I, I you know, I don't, I'm not one that sort of generally gets too confident about a horse if I don't think that it's got that ability. But um, I remember that day at Wagga because I, your good mate, Luke Marlowe, um, Alicia Collett was riding it that day and he, he said, oh, this has got none, has it? This day. And I, I, I said, no, I, I honestly think she'll run well. And she did. She only just sort of got beat in the in the Wagga Guineas. But, um, look, that was, a, that was a par from the way to the Queensland Oaks, which was, you know, we were using that race um, as a, as a lead-up. Um, unfortunately, we didn't quite get to the Oaks. She was just doing a few things wrong, and she still is. She's, you know, I mean, she put it all together on Saturday, but um, she's still just not relaxing as well as what she should and, and a few things like that. But, um, yeah, I've, I've always liked the horse uh, and it's just been a, a work in progress and just trying to educate her through those races. And, and um, yeah, like, luckily we're just able to pull it off on Saturday. And obviously, too, a great supporter and mate of yours has been Paul Joyce. We know that uh, he's involved with Arts Object and he's been involved with other horses with you and no doubt probably one of those people that when you were having those tough conversations with yourself, you probably had a lot of discussions with him about it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's always been around, Paul. Um, before I even trained for Alan, uh, and I was at Kemble Grange, uh, Paul was at, at Racenet back in those days, and a few of the Racenet guys used to buy some tried horses off Godolphin, um, and they, they've backed me from day one. They've, they've sort of been in my stable from from the very first time I started training, and, and then obviously once I took on that private training gig, um, I didn't sort of have those owners in the stable anymore. Um, I was I was predominantly just training for Mr. Cardi and and his ownership group, um, so it, it's very you know it's just it's so pleasing for me to you know those guys that back me from the from the day I got my trainer's license to to then want to come back in and and support me and, and they've helped me the whole way through like Paul's obviously a, a great judge he's a, you know he's a form analyst um, you know he, he he lives and breathes racing um, but and he's always been a big help so yeah you're right it's you know being able to have, you know, sort of bounce off those guys and ideas and sit down and chat to them. Um, you know, it, it's obviously been a big help throughout my career. What about this filly that goes around uh, on Saturday? You've got uh, a nice filly. How do I say her name? In, in <laughs> How do I say it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, the owners tell me I say it wrong all the time, but if we just run with Indubitably. Indubitably, um, that'll I think, we're, I, think we're, I think we're close. Well, it's by Dubious, uh, so so the the Dubes there, correct. yeah. So yeah, and, and had that trial exactly. at the Goldie. Yeah, it did. And um, uh, look, unfortunately, she missed the trial last week when the rain came, and they, and they were called off. She was meant to have another barrier trial, but uh, she's quite a nice filly. Um, I sort of set out in June to, to just go and buy myself a cutest filly. Obviously, it's a great racing incentive up here. Um, a lot of extra prize money added to it, and. I had a group of guys that sat around at dinner one night that all said they wanted to, to come into a horse, and we actually named her that night before we'd even bought the horse. I think. No wonder um, we can't. No wonder we can't say it. Then. <laughs> uh, but no, that's, that's really good. Like she's, she's got a great a great group of owners in her. Um, they'll all be coming up, and uh, yeah, it's obviously an exciting time to have a horse who I, I honestly think you know can really give the race a shake on Saturday. Uh, albeit she did miss that that important trial last week. She's she's a very talented filly and she's very determined um, filly. Uh, and she doesn't. Yeah, I think I think on Saturday we'll see her run a, a very cheeky race. That's good, exciting, mate. 
it's amazing what a little bit of confidence and that winning feeling can do for you. What about the, the colours? Are these your original colours, the yellow and white? Uh, no. So so I... Um, uh, <laughs> Mr Cardi was a bit... He was a funny character and he's obviously had those maroon and white colours. Yep. Throughout his majority of his racing career. And um, uh, I, <laughs> I joked with him one day and I said, if you're the die, Alan, I said, do you reckon you, I could have your colours? And he, he just straight out said no. And he didn't give me any reason. He didn't he just he just it was a straight out answer. He said no. no. And I don't think I think he might have been more upset that I that I was uh, joking that he might have passed away. But he um uh, his long term business partner, Michael Weiner, who's raced horses with him, you know, for, for a lot of years and, and Michael's still an owner of mine now, uh, which is fantastic. But uh Michael ended up obtaining those colours and I just, I guess, I sort of felt like I wanted to, um, you know, everyone had sort of noticed those, like my name associated my name with those colours, yep. obviously for the past ten years, and I just copied those colours, but in gold. Um, they weren't taken, they weren't registered yet, and uh, I just sort of felt, you know, it was just, I guess, my little quirky sort of way to just remember Alan, um, and yeah, made those colours up. Mate, um, that's very beautiful. Beautiful of you, mate. I, 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 I'd seen the yellow going around, and I'd thought to myself, maybe they were the colours that you had before you went with Mr. Cardi. But um, I reckon you'd be pretty, pretty proud of that, mate. <laughs> it, yeah, look. It, it, well, I mean, the gold, the gold went as well with the last name in the Gold Coast too. So it, that's right. <laughs> it all sort of tied, tied in together, and yeah, like I said, just a little bit of respect for for Alan. Hundred percent. I think that's the most important thing because obviously you, you, you've had sort of the. Uh, no doubt, the each side of the spectrum in terms of you started out small, there you were training for you know a group of uh, brace step blokes and, and other trainers, then you go into a private training situation, uh, into you know a facility where you know there's expectation, there's results, there's a lot of money being thrown around. More, it's not like you've been born into that and you've come from that. You, you've sort of you know you've seen that spectrum and now you, you've you can take those elements from both worlds and combine them as one up there at the Gold Coast. So I think it's pretty exciting, mate. Um, and also, to a, a very respect that the fact that you can get on air and you can say to, to the world that, yeah, you were pretty close to giving it away, but you've you've got that fire back in the belly, mate. And judging by your uh, Facebook post I saw on Sunday morning about how you said uh, one of us has pulled up pretty well on a Sunday morning and, of course, you had a photo of you and then a photo of the horse, I think you're uh, you're in good spirits, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, Dave, and it, 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 it's, it's been a bit of a, a revamp, um, you know, for, for me just personally. I, I sort of just sort of got that passion back, and I'm, I'm spending a lot of time at the stables. I'm, I'm shoeing all my own horses again, um, you know, and and that's just what I really enjoy. I just, I, I just enjoy being with the animal, um, and just working out, you know, what I think is, is going to be the best thing for the horse to, to obviously get them to reach their full potential. And I, I think that for that reason. You know, in general, that's why I, I I don't have any ambitions in trying to you know grow my stable too big. Um, I, I love to be hands. I know a lot of people sort of use the word boutique, but um, you know, I, I really just do enjoy being hands on. And and you know, I think you can you can tell a lot. You know, when I'm underneath a horse shoeing it and things like that, I, I get a great feel for the horse. Even then, you know, it's, it's a bit like trainers that ride track work as well. Um, you know, you you actually get a feel of you know how your horse is feeling when you're underneath them and. Um, yeah, I just, like I said, I, I, I couldn't be happier at the moment. 
That's sensational, mate. Look forward to catching up with you, mate, at the sales. Uh, it's a good time of the year up there, and obviously a lot of the industry will be there. And whilst you might not be, you know, putting your hand up for million-dollar lots, things can happen at those sales. You can be around right people, and horses can be sent your way and all sorts of things. So, mate, um, as well, good luck on Saturday, too, at the races. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this and they're hearing that story, mate, will be uh, giving those gold colours a cheer. Awesome. Lovely. Thanks for your time, Dave.